Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. Well, welcome back to the podcast. It is an exciting time with Apple's recent announcement of the third generation iPad Pros. And today's episode is all about that. What does the third generation mean for iPad professionals? So that's what I'm going to cover today in this kind of monologue where I'm just going to walk through what's new and how does it affect you, a professional, using the iPad. Coming up on the next episode is an interview I did with Chris Lawley, which we recorded on the day of the event to cover the iPad Pro third generation and what it means for him. Before we dive into today's episode, I just want to mention again that you can support the podcast on patreon.com slash iPadPros. It'd also be really helpful if you could review the podcast over on Apple Podcast. It'd be greatly appreciated. With that, let's dive into today's episode. So first up, let's dive into the interface. Just like the iPhone X, this iPad has no home button. And that means it is all screen. And what this also means is it's all gesture-based interface. And the thing about this is that all iPads have the same interface. With iOS 12, all iPads have access to a near-identical gesture-based user interface. The big difference here with the third generation is that it removes the home button and puts that gesture interface in a hardware package designed especially for it. The second generation iPad Pros can swipe between apps in a very similar way to the third generation, but there is a new gesture area to make that swipe even easier to execute. So interface-wise, everything is identical. This is different from the iPhones, which did not adapt the same interface across the board. But with the iPad, if you're on a first, second, or third generation iPad Pro, you have the same interface and nothing has changed except for the hardware is just for that interface. With the older iPads, you have the addition of the home button to you know, give you options, which can be a good thing. Screen technology. The third generation iPad Pros have what is called by Apple a liquid retina display which basically means the LCD screen is rounded in the corners and fills as much of the device as possible. With that said, the second generation pros added what I think in day-to-day usage of the iPad were a pretty big deal to the overall experience and actual joy you get from using the device. And that was ProMotion, True Tone, and HDR support. True Tone was only originally available in the smaller 9.7 inch Pro, but was added to the bigger size and the 10.5 with the second generation. These three screen technologies continue to delight me every day, especially ProMotion and TrueTone. ProMotion is what got me from only occasionally using the pencil to it becoming an essential tool. ProMotion is also one of the reasons I rarely want to interact with my iPhone or any other display. It is just such a delight to use and brings a level of responsiveness that I don't think I'd ever want to be without. True Tone is a technology that you can forget is there. It really does make using your devices all day that much more pleasant. HDR was a nice addition as well, but something I don't really notice day to day, but is a nice to have. With all that said, the change to the screen technology this year wraps that amazing display we got in the second generation in a sleeker, more modern frame but the core of what you are looking at should be nearly identical. Something that we will want to confirm once devices are shipping is HDR support, 
as the tech specs on Apple's website do not list the screen advancement as something supported by the newest iPad Pros, which I can't believe is accurate. But that's something we are seeing on the tech spec page, and I want to hope that HDR did not get removed. But overall, the iPad, if it is anything at all, is about the screen. And in this case, the screen seems to have not been improved in any drastic ways like True Tone or ProMotion that will really impact just interacting and using the display itself when at a desk especially. Uh, The biggest improvement this year for the screen itself is the smaller model, which gains some usable space, which is always welcome. But with this, apps will need to be updated to support this new screen class. One big change this time around is the aluminum enclosure of the device. The second generation Pro maintained the design that was in place from the 2011 iPad 2. The third generation iPad Pro is a radical redesign and something I want to see and hold in person. There are no more tapered edges and instead is very much like an iPhone SE, but larger. One of the reasons I thought they did the tapered edges was to get the device as thin as possible, but up here they made it both thinner and without a taper, which is just dang impressive to think about. With this thinness comes a larger camera bump. Owners of both the 12.9 and 10.5 inch iPad Pro will note that the 12.9 Pro is a thicker device and because of that has less of a camera bump. So it only makes sense that these iPads that got thinner have a larger bump as there's less of the iPad body to cover it up. As far as how this redesign affects pros and how they actually work on the iPad, I do think this is an overall win. The biggest improvement is for the 12.9 inch device, which now is much lighter and more manageable to hold and to work on in a variety of situations. Prior, many considered the larger iPad more of a desktop only iPad, and now the larger iPad is less awkward and easier to handle in a variety of situations, which makes for a much more friendly device for working wherever you want, which is really the goal of I think the iPads we have today, as we don't quite yet have a desktop-only iPad, and the 12.9 is perfect the way that's been redesigned to to fit into that smaller form factor. One note I do want to share is that I am disappointed with this new aluminum enclosure is the removal of the gold color option, as that is what I always opted for, and, and now Apple has relegated pros to just having to choose between boring silver or space gray. Hopefully this changes next year. Ports and expandability. Perhaps the biggest story for professionals using the iPad Pro is the port and expansion story behind this latest generation. This year, Apple made a huge change by moving Pros to USB-C instead of Lightning. Apple also decided to change the ports from three ports to three different ones. As I'm sure everyone knows, the headphone jack that many audio professionals use, including myself, is now gone. Apple also relocated the smart connector to the back center, and so far does not appear to encourage or license third parties to play in this new ecosystem. Apple didn't even mention the connector by name on stage, which is a change from prior events, at least the original introduction. Apple, I'm sure, was discouraged by the lack of third-party support for the original connector, I personally am struggling with this change in particular quite a bit with what it means to my desk setup and how I use my iPads at my day job. I currently use two Logitech base charging stands. 
When I arrive at work, I remove my iPads from Apple's leather sleeves and smart keyboards and set them naked onto these stands that charge my iPads through that smart connector throughout the day. My desk is wire-free thanks to this inductive charging method, and when I leave at the end of the day, both of my iPads are fully charged without me having to think about plugging them in. If I need to show a coworker something, I can just grab an iPad off the stand and show it to them without needing to plug the iPad in and out of power. This accessory has fundamentally changed how I treat and use the iPad during my workday, and is a huge change for when I eventually upgrade. What will my setup look like? I get genuine joy out of this setup. I don't think it is likely either that we will get a similar product with this new smart connector in the location it is now. The stand built for that device would need to be rather large and take up a considerable amount more desk space as the connector is in the middle end of the device and you'd need to design two different stands for the two different sized iPads because they are in physically a different space rather than being on the edge like the older iPads were, which were universally compatible across devices. I even remember being able to use my smaller iPad Pro with the larger smart keyboard because it's just on the edge and you just lay down an iPad Pro on that smart connector. That is not so with this new connector change. So this port change is a rather big deal and a loss of functionality that I will really miss. And it's a big reason that I'm not rushing out to update on day one. I genuinely love these charging stands and it really does change the way that I have to use my device day in and day out, just dealing with charging the device and keeping them powered. And it is a huge change that I'm really kind of disappointed by this effect that it will have on just keeping my devices charged. The benefit of this change, though, is Apple was able to design a much more stable smart keyboard that should overall be a huge benefit to pro users that were plagued by the keyboard not working as expected. So that is a good change for that one aspect, but the third-party ecosystem aspect and the charging stands, that is just not a good change for, I think, for a lot of pros. Other poor changes. The headphone jack is gone, and that is something I will really, really miss. For those that don't know, I use that jack many times a week to capture Skype audio onto an external recorder. The removal means I will need to use a dongle or dock to have a feature that has no technical reason for being removed added back. If they made the iPad waterproof, I would be okay with this removal, because then I could work from a pool, which would be awesome. But they just took it out with no reason for it. There's plenty of reason in the design of the iPad to include a headphone jack. The laptops still have it. It is a pro feature that I think should be in there. It's an extra port that is very useful for a lot of creatives out there. And I think the reliability aspect of a dedicated headphone port is much greater than I would ever trust from a dongle or dock. But in the end, it is something I can adjust to, unlike the smart connector change, which just has no replacement currently. The biggest change, however, is of course the change to USB-C. So how will this change affect us pros who use the iPad? Well, in 2018 and, and in early 2019, I don't think the change will be that drastic except for you're using different cables. I don't think the ramifications are huge right away. I could see, however, I was 13, drastically changing what expansion means on the iPad, and I can see a future, thanks to USB-C, where iPad Pros can hook up to external storage that is accessible in the Files app and system-wide, 
and I can see if not an iOS 13, an iOS 15 support for external touchscreen monitors that would remove the need for some pros like myself to own and use two iPads simultaneously. This would be especially interesting if you'd hook up a second iPad Pro to the other for use as an external monitor for the main host device. I can see with USB-C the iPad Pro taking the role of the host computer when it comes to other iOS devices as well. If you have a corrupted iPhone that needs restored through iTunes, I can see a future where that iPhone is restored over USB-C from your iPad instead of your MacBook. I can see you doing iPhone backups over the wire to your iPad rather than iCloud. I can see a version of Xcode on the iPad that can then push code out to the iPhone for testing over USB-C. You can, of course, charge your iPhone over USB-C now, but I see a future where this expands to include anything you would think to use your laptop of today, and that being done on the iPad. USB-C is a huge deal, and I don't think the potential of that is being seen with the current OS, but in the future, I think it will be tapped into. Along with external touchscreen support, I do think trackpad input could potentially be added in the future. This, I think, would be done over Bluetooth, but you could have a USB-C hub that could enable this as well. The flexibility of USB-C is going to just be really interesting to watch over the next few years. I currently own an external battery that, when plugged into, can charge a USB-C computer, but also allows you to use two USB-A ports for data input into that computer. This, I think, would work with the iPad, would be an interesting dock solution that would allow you to charge your iPad on the go, as well as, you know, SD card through some kind of adapter to USB would be available and things of that nature, as well as perhaps microphones through this little battery dock. There will be much more to say about USB-C in the future, and I will be seeing how this port will enable pros to expand their devices to accomplish things not currently available through Lightning. USB-C is a really cool future, but if you're looking at the world today, I think Lightning will do pretty much everything you'd be able to do over USB-C today. This port, I do not think, will have its full capabilities opened up until iOS 13 ships in the fall of 2019. A new port was added for the iPad Pro just for the Apple Pencil. This is a magnet port. I don't think will fundamentally change how pros use the iPad, but instead will just make life more convenient. And that's a great thing. You'll have less times where your pencil is dead and needing charged and plugging it into the side and worrying it breaking off. And it'll just make life more convenient. A quick note about the removal of the lightning port is one of the microphones I do use is a lightning microphone by Shure. And that's the microphone I'm actually currently using to record this very podcast. And when I eventually do upgrade to something that doesn't have lightning, I'll have to find a different microphone or device to use that microphone with, as it just won't be supported anymore, which is fine. But something to note, as if you do have lightning accessories, you'll need to replace those as well. I would be really curious to see if a USB-C dock could also have a lightning port to maintain compatibility with certain accessories like this microphone. A final note about expansion is the inclusion of Bluetooth 5. This could have some interesting ramifications for hardware accessories. I'm just not sure what those are quite yet. Speaking of accessories, the accessory story is a bit different this time around. In the past, Apple has offered the Apple Pencil, the Smart Keyboard, and the Leather Sleeve, which protects the iPad during travel, provides a nice workspace while on a table or desk, 
and gives the Apple Pencil a home. This time around, we have a second generation Apple Pencil and a smart keyboard folio, which combines the smart keyboard and the old leather sleeve into a single product. I personally love the leather sleeves and am extremely happy with their build quality and feel, but think this new round of accessories overall is what should have shipped originally. The new pencil and the new folio are much better products for pros and I think will be a huge benefit to those using them. The pencil now provides extra functionality by letting you double tap to access a different function of the app which developers will have access to to let you get your work done more effectively. This change of the pencil is huge and depending on developer support will affect daily how quickly and efficiently you are with your iPad. This enhancement is one I'm really excited to see what developers do with it. I know Canis of Ferret was already asking, hey, what do you want to see with my application to make you more effective using this app with this you know, shortcut? This is a, another way to do keyboard shortcuts, but with the pencil this time almost. Apple is also solving how to charge and store this pencil with magnets. And that's a huge win for usability and accessibility of having the pencil with you at all times. The new smart keyboard folio is also a win for pros. We now have a second keyboard viewing angle that will make using your iPad in your lap that much better. And again, just like the form factor change of the iPad, this change makes getting work done easier, and that is a great thing. I love that Apple basically encased the entire back of the iPad with magnets to make this smart keyboard folio mount really stably and provides a lot of reliability that was lacking with the original smart keyboards. So first party accessories are a huge win here and think they will enhance everyone's productivity and joy in using their computers. But third party accessories are a downgrade as I'm not sure we will have any, at least from the smart keyboard end of things. It is also unclear if the new pros have CRAN support and if you'll be stuck using just the new Apple Pencil. It is also unclear if the Apple Pencil only pairs by being placed on top or if it does the thing the CRAN does with automatic pairing by tapping the screen. Those are things I will be anxious to find out. Security. So the removal of the home button also means no more touch ID, and instead we have face ID, which can be used in any orientation, which I'm really happy Apple figured out how to do. Apple has also said on their website that the new smart keyboard folio case will wake up your screen when you open it, and with face ID, your device will then unlock it, which really brings us back to the iPad two days with a smart cover. Back then, not as many people used passcodes and you'd just open the cover and you'd be in and using your device. I absolutely love that we are back to this reality with Face ID. I think this is a win for professionals, but overall, I think the win from a security angle is that it's just more convenient and nothing more. Touch ID was great, Face ID is great. This just makes life more convenient. That leads me to discuss the cameras. And from this angle, I do think the cameras are a big deal, at least for some creative professionals out there. Apple oddly did not show an emoji or memoji on stage, but I do believe it to have both. And these on the iPad Pro is a huge deal for some content creators. Imagine creating a YouTube show starring an animoji or memoji and editing it with LumaFusion and capture all of that on the iPad now and this has the potential to expand the type of content that can be created on the iPad. For traditional capture, the cameras are a lot better too. 
The front-facing camera can capture portrait mode images, and the back camera is the same as the iPhone XR, which could also capture portrait mode in the future. That software feature is not enabled, but Apple could push that out and let portrait mode be available on the back lens as well. But regardless, these are both huge improvements from the second-generation iPhone Pro, which included the iPhone 7 quality of cameras. This camera jump is two generations worth of iPhones, and some substantial improvements have been made there, so a huge win for pros here. The speakers on the iPad Pro have always been a huge selling point, and Apple improved them this year by adding a woofer and tweeter pair in each corner of the device. Better speakers are only a good thing and will just make using the device that much more pleasant. There are more microphones as well. It's unclear how big of an improvement this will be, but for pros that use their iPads to deliver webinars, this could actually be a really nice change, which will make you sound that much better without needing to hook up any external mics. I know in my day job, I do webinars weekly from my iPad, and better mics would be a great thing. It's not always perfectly reliable having external mics with some of those webinar applications, and better built-in mics are a huge win for professionals using their iPad in their jobs, doing webinars and things of that nature. The processor. So every year the processor gets better and better. I don't think even most pro users hit the bottlenecks of the processor. The new A12X Bionic chip with the neural engine really improves upon the second generation iPad Pro when it comes to multi-core use especially, which Apple says is 90% faster. These improvements are fantastic and will allow you to get an even longer life out of your iPad. But with that said, the second generation iPad Pro is already incredibly fast, and I think most pros don't need to upgrade just yet for the processor. The software simply isn't taking advantage of this yet. Even with apps like LumaFusion and Ferrite, I don't think we're hitting the processor limitations quite yet. I'd love to see some tests comparing export speeds, but I think for most pro users, this is not something to upgrade for. One speed upgrade some users will get is Gigabit LTE. This again, I don't think is a reason to upgrade for as it's not widely available quite yet. Storage. This year, pros got a big win storage-wise by being able to get up to one terabyte of storage up from 512 gigabytes of last year's. My disappointment here is that Apple didn't make this storage more accessible for people and instead is now bizarrely offering four tiers of storage, 64 gigabytes, 256, 512 gigabytes, and one terabyte. My hope for next year is that the iPad Pros are offered in 256, 512, and one terabyte and the prices slide down the spectrum. Or at the very least, we keep the four tiers and it starts at 128 for the base model. 64 gigabytes is just not a very comfortable amount of storage when working on the iPad Pro. Pricing. So this leads me to pricing of these new models, which isn't great. The first two generations of iPad Pros were offered at $649 and $799 respectively for the different sizes. It's moved up to $799 and $999 USD respectively for the two models, and that's quite a huge jump especially while maintaining storage levels, those are identical to what we had with this second generation Pro. And they're bumping the LTE pricing by $20 as well. It's clear based on this pricing that Apple expects you to use these iPads for many years before upgrading, which can be a bit of a struggle for those that do like to upgrade quicker than that. Traditionally, you'd expect older devices to get a price cut, 
But because Apple pushed the prices upwards, they're continuing to offer the 10.5-inch iPad Pro at its original introduction price of $649, which looks like a steal, but only in comparison to these new prices. It would have been awesome to see a $499 iPad Pro, but for those that want a 10.5-inch, it's still available at its original price. Accessor-wise, the more expensive keyboard will actually be cheaper than what I paid last time around because I won't be buying the leather sleeves to match my iPad, so that will actually be a pretty substantial savings for those that did like the leather sleeves. That's just not going to be a thing because you'll have the back protection with this new Folio-style keyboard. For me to upgrade and match my current configuration, I'll be spending a little over $3,000 when you include the accessories being replaced and me matching my current storage of my two iPads. My hope is that in the near future, I will only need one iPad, and with external touchscreen support, I won't be updating two iPads and instead just a single device. But that future is not here yet, and when I do eventually upgrade, that is what I'm looking at. So buying advice is this. Consider how you use the iPad Pro today, and how this new form factor, features, and internals will actually improve upon the work you currently do. Are you currently hitting any storage or processor limitations? I know one of the reasons I upgraded so quickly to the second generation was storage. I originally opted for the 32 gigabyte model and was not expecting it to use it the way I did. I personally will not be upgrading my iPad Pros as my current workflow would actually be less enjoyable on the new hardware. As I mentioned before, the smart connector change and the headphone jack change are major downgrades in what I would be experiencing day to day in my overall workflows. This may change next fall with a new operating system better matched for USB-C, but $3,000 is a huge amount of money to upgrade from a pair of devices I am in love with. The second generation iPad Pro is a marvel to me even today, and it is now, kind of like the iPod Classic, the last of the original iPad models of that classic design that started with the iPad 2. I'm also sad to see Apple give back maxed out at $375 for iPads. For a high-end year-old iPad Pro, which could have been well over $1,000, I'd love to see Apple improve upon that to $500 or maybe a little more and make the upgrade path that much easier for those already in the iPad Pro ecosystem. Perhaps offer a complete trading kit to help users recycle their keyboards, pencils, and leather sleeves that would net them some money from their accessory investments. I would say if anyone is still on the original iPad Pro, that the screen advancements made with the second generation Pro combined with the enhancements in this third gen are substantial, and if it is in the budget, absolutely worth it to upgrade. But those in the second gen, I would give some serious thought as to the cost-benefit analysis you'll get from this upgrade. Think of the work you do today and how this new hardware will affect that work. Know that we will probably get a fourth generation Pro next fall or the summer after, and that will be released when the new operating system is more ready for the hardware. So with all that said, I'm really excited for the future Apple showed us by releasing this new iPad Pro revision and can't wait for the day that I'm able to upgrade and see where OS updates go to support this new design and USB-C. So there you have it. Those are my thoughts on the iPad Pro third generation and how this new hardware update affects you as a pro. If you do have feedback, I'd love to hear from you. 
you can email me at ipadprospodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you and how you are using your iPad Pro and if this new generation will change how you get your work done. Does the new bigger, smaller form factor help you get your work done in a way that you couldn't have done before? If you haven't had a chance to review the podcast, head on over to Apple Podcasts and review the show. You can also financially support the show over at patreon.com slash iPadPros. Even a dollar a month would go a great deal into helping support the show. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next time with an interview I did with Chris Lawley, the day of Apple's announcement.